Welcome to Live from Size Lounge, showcasing alumni of Iowa State University and Cyclones Everywhere, making communities, Iowa, and the world a better place. Good afternoon and welcome to Live from Size Lounge. I'm your host, Kate Tyndall, subbing in for Matt Van Winkle today. We'll be bringing on our star guest, a real cyclone star in just a moment, but we wanna get a few housekeeping items done first. We'll start out with an opportunity coming up from Iowa State University Alumni Association's Career Services. See you virtually on Thursday, March 4th at 11 a.m. Central Time for the webinar, The Power of Deleting Should from Your Vocabulary with 2003 graduate in food science, Jill Anderson. Jill is a popular speaker, podcaster, and coach. In this webinar, she will speak to what shoulds are, how they show up in your day-to-day -day life, and ways to reframe shoulds from chores into choices. This webinar is offered free to you with a big thanks to our sponsor, Work in Ames. Make sure to visit our website, www.isualum.org events to get registered prior to Tuesday, March 2nd at midnight. And now I'd like to introduce our guest for today, Alan Johnson. Alan is a software engineering manager from Metuchen, New Jersey. He is a 2006 graduate in computer engineering. He is also an annual member of the ISU Alumni Association. And most important, he was a recent contestant on the hit game show, Jeopardy. Alan, welcome to the show today. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to get started right off here with describing the process of getting on Jeopardy, because I assume you don't just wander into Culver City and say, hey, I'd really like to be on the show. Uh, yeah, that's right. So uh, some most people, you know, try for years before getting on. Um, the way it works, there's an online uh, audition uh, that you right? well, an online test that you take. So I took mine in uh, January of last year. Um, and they don't exactly explain what the selection criteria is, like whether there's like a hard cutoff and then you automatically get invited. Uh, I think the popular understanding of how it works is there's, if you make the cutoff and you go into a raffle and that decides if you proceed on to the next round. So normally in, in the many times I've taken this test in the past, like I just don't hear anything, uh, and, until like the next year's test is announced. Uh, but this September. So almost like, I guess, eight months later, uh, I got the uh, the email back that, you know, I was waiting for it for years to to go on to the next round. And then there's like a couple more rounds before you actually get invited to appear on the show. And what was your reaction? I mean, you see that email you've been trying for, for you know, a couple of times to get on. What was your initial reaction when you saw that? Yeah, so for when I first got the email, I was, uh, uh, like I was super excited because I'd never gotten the the email for the second round before, but I was still trying to, you know, I guess not get my hopes up too high because many people go through the the second round like multiple times before they actually get invited to the show. Um, and, and so I, I think the even bigger moment was when I uh, got called by uh, one of the contestant coordinators to, to, uh, to like kind of book my availability for the taping day, which was uh, in December. Um, I remember I was on a call with one of, uh, 
one of the people on my team, uh, uh, I was on a Zoom call uh, in a one-on-one -on -one meeting uh, and saw the the number flash and I'd already spoken with uh, the contestant coordinator about like uh, my availability. So I knew who it was. I was like, I have to take this. And so <laughs> uh, but my, my coworker got to, got to witness the moment of me actually, you know, hearing that I, I, I got my invite to the show. <laughs> it's a, it was a good end to a meeting, right? A good, a good way to pause a meeting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are, so I, I have to ask, but I'm assuming the answer is yes. Are you a fan of the show and how long have you been watching the show? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a massive fan. So, uh, like, you know, my wife and I have two kids, so we don't always get to like watch like every night, but we DVR it and we'll go back and like binge watch a bunch of episodes at once and play along, uh, scream out answers, all that stuff. So I've watched the show since I was like, you know, I don't know, probably in middle school or something. Um, and, oh, wow. Uh, so you've been prepping a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So you had some real tough questions last Thursday when you played your first your first game. Um, you had us sitting on our seats after that daily double, and then you really pulled ahead in double jeopardy. So I'm curious how you even begin to prepare for something like jeopardy. You're a busy guy. You've got two children, and I believe two more on the way as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I spent a lot of time trying to prepare. Um, uh, like, so you know, obviously, you can, your your base of knowledge is going to be whatever uh, whatever things are most interesting to you. So, I, I tried to I tried to expand off of that and not try to cram information that was just sort of outside of my wheelhouse. I guess, like, the one thing I'll say is the for people who watch the show for like years on end, you sort of get a feel for what categories tend to pop up and like what your strengths and weaknesses are. So I kind of already, um, I, I kind of already had those things in mind. Like I knew very strong in like history and geography, not so strong in like Shakespeare or literature, for example. Um, and so I tried to just like strategically pick where to spend my time uh, like preparing. Um, then I also spent a lot of time preparing for things that aren't just like knowledge. So I went to, you know, I bought books on like the, I don't know, people's experiences, like who've been on the show multiple times and like kind of, you know, to understand the, what the actual process would be like, you know, on the day of taping so that, you know, I wouldn't feel so like disoriented that day and hopefully it would like eliminate some of the nerves that like that kind of thing. And then maybe like most importantly is like trying to practice the actual gameplay aspects. So practice buzzing in because if you buzz in too early, then you get locked out for like half a second and you probably won't be able to, to give the answer if someone else is buzzing in. So there's a lot that kind of rides on the timing of actually being able to, to, to play the, the buzzer, the, the reaction uh, time type thing with the other contestants. Right. You're training your mind, but you're also training yourself into the mindset of the Jeopardy game, it sounds like. Right. Yeah, there's a lot to it. And like, um, you know, other than just like, I guess, knowing the facts and um, uh, and it was interesting to really sort of dig into that. Like, I, I, I don't know if I spent a, a huge amount of time like thinking about that until I knew I was going to appear. And then I I really sort of went deep in trying to figure out how to prepare for every like facet of the experience.
<laughs> who could? Who could prepare for all of it at once? It's a lot coming at you. And as we just saw, one of our comments came in. We had cyclones everywhere cheering for you on Thursday. Um, and if they were watching, they saw that you are a bit of a podcast junkie. I am also a podcast junkie, though I don't always use my podcast to prepare for, you know, Jeopardy style questions. So maybe you could give us a couple of ideas of podcasts that you listen to, or maybe some that have prepared you for the, the Jeopardy experience. Yeah, totally. So kind of, as I mentioned on the show, I, I started off with like interview shows. So like Mark Marin or like Fresh Air, like kind of a lot of the ones that are like sort of the, the most like storied podcasts. And then I sort of branched out from there to things that are uh, just explore a whole bunch of different interests of mine. I listened to History of Rome, and that sort of sparked a lot of interest in a lot of history podcasts. So the Fall of Rome, History of Byzantium, Tides of History, uh, just a whole bunch of things. Um, and then specifically for the show, I, you know, I for for preparing for the show, I kind of tried to just rely on my my existing like habit of listening to podcasts to uh, to to study things that uh, that were maybe outside of my normal listening. So I know that like American history and presidential trivia comes up a lot. So I listened to a podcast called American Presidents Totalis Rankium, uh, which is made by like two British com uh, comedians. Um, uh, they have sort the of perfect like folks to be doing an, an American president podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, well, it was interesting because, you know, they certainly bring like a different perspective. And I think that actually like helped help me remember things more, you know, like kind of hearing them like, you know, they would tease, you know, the British are famously self-deprecating. They tease themselves in like the War of Independence and tease America and stuff. And and I think like the the humor actually kind of helps with like retaining that information. So um, but actually one of the things that like the uh, in the contestant interview part of the show uh like that didn't like come out uh it was like i, I listened to about 30 uh, 30 days worth of podcast audio per year um and i didn't know whether like ken was going to team me up for that or not and sort of just like never uh it never i never had the opportunity to really talk about it but uh yeah so i listened to a massive amount of podcasts i think your podcast listening is a little more strategic than mine <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to turn you to the to Iowa State. I'm really curious. Uh, how did you decide on the Cardinal in gold for your undergraduate degree? Yeah, totally. So like I admittedly was not like super aware of Iowa State. I think probably until I received something in the mail, you know, as like many college seniors do. Um, you know, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. So a lot of my you know, I don't know, cultural attention was focused on the city and like the Great Lakes region and like Iowa State, especially like I feel like Iowa draws a lot of people from uh, the Chicago area, but Iowa State slightly less so. Uh, and so it wasn't so much like in my, um, you know, just in my, uh, I don't know, awareness. Uh, but then I was invited to visit day came and was just like blown away by, you know, the beautiful campus and um, the, uh, person who ran recruiting at the time, Tom Becker, uh, just like the most welcoming person in the world. Uh, and I really started to see myself like, uh, you know, I, I was like, okay, I can definitely imagine myself being here on campus. And then I think that many aspects of the, the, like kind of the, the, the way the, 
like programs work and some of the opportunities that came with the scholarship that I won. I was a Carver scholar and a national merit scholar. And so that uh, made it so I didn't really have to worry about uh, the financial aspect. And I, I, I knew I could come and just focus on my studies and the overall experience. I think all those things kind of like tipped the scale and, you know, eventually made uh, Iowa State the, the choice out of all the schools I was considering. Sure. Well, I'm a little biased. Before I came to the Alumni Association, I worked at the College of Engineering, and we have a pretty great engineering program here at Iowa State University. Yeah, absolutely. So another question I have for you, and we always ask this of our alums, is that Iowa State is making, Iowa Staters rather, are making their communities, the state of Iowa and the world a better place. How do you feel your Iowa State degree prepared you to make a difference or to take on challenges? Yeah, so I guess I would say like, I think one of the things I really appreciated about Iowa State was that like, I think compared to some of the places that I, I could have gone that are known for being like very intense and like you're just trying to survive your major, I think I had a lot of opportunities to really explore a whole bunch of different, um, I, I was gonna say interests, but a lot of the things I explored like weren't even like interests like when I arrived. So I kind of discovered a lot of interests that I had too. Um, and I think so, among those things are, I was part of like the, um, the NCORE I-SCORE program. So National Conference on Race and Ethnicity there's a whole year long program where you go to the national conference on race and ethnicity, wherever it might be hosted in a given year. And then you come back and then you help produce the Iowa state conference on race and ethnicity, which was really eye opening for just understanding cultures and like, um, you know, a lot of things that I just hadn't learned about, uh, it certainly made an impact on how I see the world and, you know, social justice and things like that. And then I think another big thing was studying abroad, uh, I don't know if every school that I would have gone to, I would have had the same opportunity. Uh, but I studied abroad in Wales, uh, uh, which was I, like a very, it was an amazing experience and certainly like gave me a much more, I don't know, I guess global perspective. I hadn't really traveled internationally, I know, other than like maybe going to Niagara Falls or something like that before coming to Iowa State. And, um, and I think that also like changed the way I, I, I kind of look at the world too. Absolutely. I'm guessing you were in Swansea for the Wales study abroad, correct? Yep, that's right. It's a great program. And I'm glad you mentioned the I-Score as well. It's I-Score season right now. Iowa State really does have a lot of great opportunities. I'm glad you had a good experience. Yeah, yeah. And I actually was back, I guess it was just, it was pretty much a year ago. I was back for... Uh, it was kind of like a milestone anniversary of I-Score. Uh, so that was, the, the, that was actually the last time I was back on campus. Oh, okay. So you've been here fairly recently. That's good. Nice, yeah. we're, nice that you could make it back from New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I don't make it back as often as I, as I would like. <laughs> well, the campus right now is a little bit colder, but we've gotten a warmer spell here. So it's starting to look beautiful and welcoming for spring again, just in case you ever want to come back sometime soon. Yeah, well, you know, for that trip, I, I had to just come solo. Uh, but, uh, you know, at some point I got to, you know, uh, I guess my wife has seen Iowa State. She grew up in New Jersey, so and spent a huge amount of time in the Midwest. But she's been to campus once before. But, you know, I have to get my kids out to, to see it, too. So. Absolutely. You have some little cyclones that you need to bring. <laughs> yeah. 
got to indoctrinate them. <laughs> That's right. Start them young. So while we've got a couple of uh, moments left, we wanted to go ahead and play some Cyclone Jeopardy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'm nervous. I been, you know, it's been 15 years since I spent uh, like a tremendous amount of time on campus, but we'll see what I remember. We'll see. We'll see. And if anything, it'll be a learning experience for everybody involved. So we'll go ahead and give you some questions here. We've got them in true Jeopardy format. Um, so we will bring up the first one now. We've got this building constructed in 1865 was the first building on ISU's campus. Huh. I don't know. I'm thinking someplace in like, I don't know. Like either right on the quad. I don't know what building that is. It's like to the left. I don't know, like Beardshire or something. Uh, oh, you're you're very so you got the right location. It is actually the answer would be what is farmhouse? Okay, makes sense. So you were you were right in the right area. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll try the second one here. This alma mater sung at the end of sporting events instruct cyclones to be true and valiant. I mean, I just called the fight song, but <laughs> maybe the, uh, the alma mater. I don't know if I ever knew that song. Uh, you, that's okay. A lot more people know the fight song than they do the <laughs> alma mater. It has a lot to do with a certain building on campus that has bells. I mean, I would assume the Campanile. <laughs> So the answer is, what is Bells of Iowa State? But the fight song was a really good guess as well. <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I would have known that when I was on campus. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's a fair, that's a fair one. Um, our third one that we've got, and you've mentioned this one before, so try and think back. The green <laughs> dome of this central campus building denotes where all the money goes. I mean, I would assume that's beard cheer. Yes, <laughs> that is well, what is Beardshire sure Hall. I, I definitely, I don't even know where, like, where that was sitting in my brain <laughs> to remember that. <laughs> well, it was a good guess for the first one as well to pick a, a pick a building on Central Campus. We've only got one more here. Um, jump All right, I or can maybe circle. make it up to fifty uh, percent. <laughs> you can, yeah, I yeah, I know you can get this one. I bet you can get this one. Jump or circle. Don't walk over this bronze statue relief, or bronze relief, excuse me, in the Memorial Union. Yeah, I believe that was called the Zodiac, right? There we go, there we go, I, good job. I, I can't forget that one because I, you know, I don't know, I'm sort of anti-superstitious and I danced on it. And sure enough, I, I technically failed my first test, uh, which was like a test out for, I don't know, for an English class or something. So, but you know what, <laughs> I, I don't even feel bad about it. <laughs> those cyclones, those cyclone traditions will get you every time. So folks, if cyclones everywhere who are listening, make sure you never walk over the Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> or do it and the, just take the consequences. I suppose, I suppose it depends on how much you care about the next test you're taking. So, You know, my, from what I remember, uh, like the, the intention of the sculptor was for it to get worn down to floor level, right? Correct. Yeah, they had actually intended for that to happen. And of course, once the superstition came around, nobody walked over it. And so that yeah. never happened. So I was just doing my part. So, you know. <laughs> and if anybody's interested, you can go out and find 
all those facts and more at isualum.org slash traditions. You can read up and maybe if there's ever a category on Jeopardy that is, you know, <laughs> cyclones everywhere category, you'll definitely ace it. <laughs> Well, Alan, those are all the questions we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. This has really, really been fun. Yeah, thanks so much for the invite. Glad I was able to bring a win back for, uh, for Iowa State. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> yep. Tune in next week at noon Central Time on Wednesday, March 3rd for another special edition of Live from Size Lounge as ISU Alumni Association President and CEO Jeff Johnson sits down for a conversation with P Paul Fellini, the Associate Vice President for Facilities Planning and Management at Iowa State University. Thanks for watching Cyclones Everywhere and we will see you next week. This series is made possible by members of the Alumni Association. If you are interested in staying connected to the university and receiving all the benefits and services of being a member, visit isualum.org.